verse is it? Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Kopi Janabalaba Get it but it Gopi Janaba Laba Get it but it's Hari Yes, Raja Janaranjana Yamuna Panachari Yamuna Chira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jayam Bishabhav and Sabadaraja Gitaya Stotea Sata Sisimad Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj Shala Prabhupaki Jayam Bishabhav and Sabadaraja Gitaya Stotea Sata Sisimad Bhakti Siddhanta Sasitakura Prabhupaki Go pray Manandi Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Srimad Bhagavatam, 6th Canto, Chapter 16, King Chitraketu Meets the Lord, Text 48. Yang vai sasantam anu vishva srijasvasanti Yam chekitanam anu chit Taya Uchakanti Bumandalam Sarsapa Yati Yashamudni Tasmainamo Bhagavate Stu Sahasramudne Yang Vai Svasantamanu Vishra Sri Jaswasanti 
yang chekitana manu chittaya uchakanti. Bumandalam sarsapa yati asyamudni. Tasmai namo bhagavate stu sahasramudne. Young vai svasantamanu visra srija svasanti. Young chekitanamanu chittaya uchakanti. Bumandalam sarsapayati asyamurdni. Tasmainamo bhagavate stu sahasamurdne. Vaishnavis. Yum, whom, vai, indeed, shasantam, endeavoring, anu, after, visvashrija, the directors of the cosmic creation, shasanti, also endeavor, yum, whom, chekitanam, perceiving, Anu, after, 
chit-taya. All the knowledge gathering senses. Uchakanti. Perceive. Bhumandalam. The huge universe. Sarshapayati. Become like seeds of mustard. Yasya. Of whom? Murdni. On the head. Tasmai. Unto him. Nama. Obeisances. Bhagavate. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Full with six opulences. Us too. May there be. Sahasamurdhne. Who has thousands of hoods. Translation. My dear Lord. It is after you endeavor. That Lord Brahma. Indra. And the other directors of the cosmic manifestation. Become occupied with their activities. It is after you. Perceive the material energy, my Lord, that the senses begin to perceive. The Supreme Personality of Godhead holds all the universes on his heads like seeds of mustard. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, that Supreme Personality who has thousands of hoods. Next text. Shukadeva Goswami continued. The Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Anantadeva, being very much pleased with the prayers offered by Chitraketu, the king of the Vidyadras, replied to him as follows, O best of the Kuru dynasty, Maharaj Parikshit. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Anantadeva, replied as follows, O oh, king, as a result of your having accepted the instructions spoken about me by the great sages Narada and Angira, you have become completely aware of transcendental knowledge. Because you are now educated in the spiritual science, you have seen me face to face. Therefore, you are now completely perfect. Purport. The perfection of life is to be spiritually educated and to understand the existence of the Lord and how he creates, maintains, and annihilates the cosmic manifestation. When one is perfect in knowledge, he can develop his love of Godhead through the association of such perfect persons as Narada and Angira and the members of their disciplic succession. Then one is able to see the unlimited Supreme Personality of Godhead face to face. Although the Lord is unlimited, by his causeless mercy, he becomes visible to the devotee who is then able to see him. In our present, in our present position of conditioned life, we cannot see or understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Atat Sri Krishna Nam Adi Nabhavet Gayam Indrayai Sevan Mukke Hijivado Swayam Eva Spratyada. No one can understand the transcendental nature of the name, form, qualities, and pastimes of Sri Krishna 
through his materially contaminated senses. Only when one becomes spiritually saturated by transcendental service to the Lord are the transcendental name, form, qualities, and pastimes of the Lord revealed to us. If one takes to spiritual life under the direction of Narada Muni or his representative and thus engages himself in the service of the Lord, he qualifies himself to see the Lord face to face. The Brahma Samhita states, Premanjana Trudita Bhakti Velochanena Santasadaiva Hridayeshu Velokayanti Yamsama Sundarama Chincha Guna Swarupang Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. I worship the primeval Lord Govinda, who is always seen by the devotee, whose eyes are anointed with the pulp of love. He is seen in his eternal form of Samasundara, situated within the heart of the devotee. One must follow the instructions of the spiritual master. Thus one becomes qualified and later sees the Supreme Personality Godhead as evinced by Maharaj Chitraketu. <clears throat> Om Gana Chimadandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militang Yena Tazmai Shri Gurave Nama Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nitananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Chitraketu has achieved success. And we learn so much by the success stories that the Bhagavatam presents. But we also learn by the failure stories that Bhagavatam presents. In every way, Srimad Bhagavatam makes our life truly wealthy. In Chitraketu's case, you see how he qualified himself by adhering to the instructions of Naradamuni and Angira Rishi. At first, he was so absorbed in his material desire for a son that he couldn't properly appreciate the spiritual presence of Angira Rishi. And therefore, he simply received a material benediction. But because the sadhus are so merciful, they exercise a very strategic sense of timing. The king got what he wanted. He got a son. But like everything in this material world, there are always side effects, ramifications that we did not foresee. In our mind, we think that if I just fulfill my desires, everything will be fine. Everything will be perfect. We have it all worked out in our mind, <laughs> which fantasizes about the possibility of 
successful and satisfying material enjoyment. This is why the Shastra explains that for the most part, material existence is experienced in the mind. The mind is loaded with so many impressions from previous lifetimes and this lifetime. And so it subjugates us, it imprisons us, it binds us up with all kinds of visions and conceptions and plans that will never satisfy us. But it doesn't look like that. This is the magic of Maya. That while we're suffering, we still have these visions that things will be all right. I will achieve fulfillment. I will achieve satisfaction. <laughs> and as I often point out, that faulty vision, that hallucination, causes us to march onward <laughs> with the hope that one day things will be all right for good. If we can actually deal with our mind as the main culprit, we can understand this magic potency of Maya. But you can't deal with the mind successfully by material methods. You may seem to have subdued it temporarily by so-called mindfulness or breathing exercises, uh, but sooner or later the mind comes roaring back. And this is why Arjuna, as we all know, says to Krishna in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, to control the mind is more difficult than controlling the blowing wind. If you're out in strong wind, like today is predicted in Port Phillip to have very strong winds developing. So if you just go out in the wind, you go down by the beach and hold your hand up to stop the wind, <laughs> how successful will you be? Mm. So that's the example that Arjuna gave about controlling the mind. Krishna had already pointed out to him, as you know, that for one who controls the mind, the mind is the best of friends. And for one who has failed to do so, the mind is the worst enemy. The mind can bury you in material existence, but that same mind when trained by the bhakti processes, can gradually become a wonderful unit for thinking about Krishna. <laughs> so this is the hope for our mind, that it's not simply going to cause us trouble, but by our engagement in the bhakti process, one day we'll see that the mind is our friend in that it thinks of Krishna. So you know, especially those of you who have studied Bhakti Shastri, that Arjuna, after his presentation to Krishna, that controlling the mind is practically impossible, Krishna said it is possible by practice, by detachment. So we need to shape our lifestyle 
so that we're not feeding the mind with fuel for its hallucinations. And that is the advantage of the bhakti lifestyle. By chanting Hare Krishna, by engaging in Krishna's service, by associating with devotees, gradually your mind becomes truly peaceful, especially when it fills up with plans how to satisfy Krishna. Sometimes you may feel that at the present moment you don't have any special plans for how to satisfy Krishna. But in those moments when you don't know what to do in terms of serving Krishna or balancing your material life so you can go on serving Krishna, when you feel that you don't know what to do, what step to take next, you can always just chant Hare Krishna and please Krishna in that way. Therefore, as I often say, when in doubt, chant Hare Krishna. And when not in doubt, chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> Just as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, before you are liberated, read Srimad Bhagavatam. And after you are liberated, go on reading Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> so what we are doing now we will do in a more concentrated way in the spiritual world. So you might as well become accustomed to your eternal nature of glorifying Krishna. <laughs> Many people are afraid of eternal individuality. They just want to try to squeeze as much material enjoyment out of this life as possible and then that's it. <laughs> they think that's the end. Who wants to struggle under the burden of eternal individuality? Enough is enough, they feel. Enough struggles in material existence. Hopefully, they think they'll get their share of material enjoyment, and then that's it. Of course, they're feeling the fatigue that material existence brings. They say, oh, let it, it's going to end, let it end. But when the end time comes, they don't want it to end. When they're living, they say, as long as I don't remember that I was a human being, I don't mind becoming a dog. <laughs> but, if you say to them right now, now become a dog. No, 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 no. But first I have to forget that I was a human being. And then I don't mind becoming a dog. But as long as I remember I'm a human being, how can I become a dog? So you see, their position is all based on forgetfulness. As long as I forget what I was, I don't mind what I become. Okay, if there's reincarnation, let it be. The main thing is, I'll forget that I was a human, so that I can blissfully be a, a dog. Makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so, this is considered advancement, forgetfulness. 
<laughs> Whether forgetfulness brought about by the work addiction lifestyle, the more work, the better. The party addiction lifestyle, <laughs> everyone gather together, sing and shout, knock ourselves out. <laughs> Everything will be all right. <laughs> As we saw in the drama Sunday. <laughs> Let's sing and shout and knock ourselves out. Everything will be all right. <laughs> I thought that maybe for our devotees from Bharat, the drama would be too much. <laughs> but then everyone told me, no, Maharaj, we know about these things. <laughs> everyone was telling me, India has changed very much. <laughs> So you can bury yourselves in work. <laughs> the old Indian style. <laughs> or you can bury yourself in work and parties, the new Indian style. <laughs> or you can just be like an Aussie youth and just bury yourself in parties. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point is forgetfulness. You don't want to think. So whether you're in the party lifestyle, the work lifestyle, the work and party lifestyle, you don't want to think. And the big threat of Lord Chaitanya's mission is that it pushes you to think. And some persons find that to be a burden. Every day thinking, who am I? What is the ultimate goal of my life? Who is Krishna? How can I serve Krishna? Every day thinking like that becomes a burden. Some think like that becomes a burden. There is the sadhana stage of bhakti where we're undergoing therapy. But even in the therapeutic stage, there's relishing. But the real stage of spontaneity is the, it, the relishing stage of bhakti itself. But as I said, even in the practice stage, there's relish. As your spiritual health starts to come back, you start to be able to use your senses properly. Because your senses are engaging in Krishna's service, at least to some degree, they, they start to become decontaminated. So, Chitraketu Maharaj is expressing the success story that <clears throat> Simply seeing you has now wiped away all the contamination of sinful activities and their results of material attachment and lusty desires, which always filled my mind and the core of my heart. This is the situation that we deal with from the beginning of our bhakti life. The contamination of sinful activities 
And they're results of what? The results of satisfaction, fulfillment? No, the results of material attachment and lusty desires which always filled my mind and the core of my heart. This is the agony. This is what's causing all the problems. A polluted heart full of material attachment and lusty desires. So Chitrakate is pointing out his method of success. I have obtained your audience the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as a result of being trained by Narada Muni. His senses have become trained and therefore purified, and now he can see the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then again, he says, I don't need to tell you this, the success process, and what happened to me, because Whatever a living entity does in the material world is well known to you. You are the super soul. So then you're saying, you may say, why would he bring this up then? That I, I did this, I did that. I followed the bhakti process given by Narada Muni. Uh, I was trained by him. Uh, my heart is, has become decontaminated. Why does he need to explain that? When in the next verse, he's saying, whatever a living entity does in the material world is well known to you. In the presence of the sun, there is nothing to be revealed by the light of a glowworm. <laughs> Similarly, because you know everything, in your presence, there is nothing for me to make known. So then why is he saying these kind of prayers, explaining or presenting what narrative when he has done for him gratitude gratitude is a very important part of spiritual life we can't emphasize that enough if anyone has done even what seems to be a small thing that has aided your spiritual advancement you never let that person forget it <laughs> You always express gratitude, which is good for you and it's good for the person. Not that it enhances the person's ego hearing such gratification, but it inspires the person to sacrifice more to help others. In that way, Lord Chaitanya's service expands. We are persons. We have our human side, and of course, we are spirit soul. But both ways, expression of gratitude helps. It helps human beings to be better human beings, and certainly it pleases the Supreme Personality of Godhead when gratitude toward devotees is expressed. Sometimes, Devotees can become discouraged in their attempts to help others. Their help is not acknowledged. Their help is repudiated, rejected, uh, ignored. <laughs> I was speaking to a devotee a few days ago, and 
he was explaining to me a predicament that he got himself into. And I said, don't you remember seven years ago or more? I said, I don't think you should do this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and don't you remember those years ago when other devotees also told you, we don't think you should do this. Oh. <laughs> so we don't want to be in that position of neglecting good advice and it's easy to make ourselves more receptive to good advice when we're always expressing gratitude. Even if we think the advice doesn't fit us completely because no one knows me except me. <laughs> Even if we think like that, still express gratitude because someone's reaching out Someone is trying to give you the benefit of their bhakti wisdom and bhakti experience. So the more we express gratitude, the more the whole mechanism of reaching out and helping others proceeds. It's like greasing the wheels, oiling the tracks, so the train of bhakti can go even faster and expand. So even though Chitraketu knows that the Supreme Personality God knows everything, still he's explaining what Narada Muni has done to me, what the effects of the bhakti process are upon me. So this gratitude sharing should fill our hearts. There's always someone Every day you can express gratitude for. It's necessary in family life. It's necessary in devotee congregations. It's necessary in all aspects of our life. And who can be more worthy of receiving expressions of gratitude than the devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? After explaining qualification, how he became qualified by following Narada Muni's instructions, because Bhagavatam is perfect and complete, the disqualifications are explained. My dear Lord, you are the creator, maintainer, and annihilator of, the, of this cosmic manifestation, but persons who are too materialistic and who always see separateness, do not have eyes with which to see you. They cannot understand your real position, and therefore they conclude that the cosmic manifestation is independent of your opulence. My Lord, you are the supreme pure, and you are full in all six opulences. Therefore, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. disqualification. As Prabhupada explains in the purport, <clears throat> those who are sinful, being very much attached to material sense enjoyment, 
and therefore engaging in material activities like asses, are the lowest of men. All their so-called scientific knowledge is null and void because of their atheistic temperament. Thus, they cannot understand the supreme personality of Godhead. People often wonder why in genuine spiritual life, in bhakti, you have these rules you follow, you have this sadhana you follow. Why can't you just believe in Krishna? Have faith and leave it at that. <laughs> just like a, a nice church-going person, uh, why can't you focus more on belief? your particular beliefs, and that's the core of your spiritual life. What do you believe? What's your creed? <laughs> but bhakti is not very, what religious scholars call creedal. It's not so much resting on your beliefs, your, your creed. It's resting on engaging your senses in the service of the master of the senses. And because you're doing that, because of your lifestyle in terms of following the behavioral guidelines, following the sadhana, then you become free from contamination and can actually see. Whereas those who don't do so, by their sense activity, they disqualify themselves engaging in material activities in such a non-human way. So again and again, the Shastra makes this point that your behavior affects what you can understand. As I often point out, Vedic knowledge is state-specific. That means according to your particular state of consciousness, that determines what you can understand. And the contemporary material illusion is that I can act in this way, I can act that way. It doesn't affect my intelligence. <laughs> it doesn't affect how I perceive. It's just my own style of acting, and that's my business. <laughs> but what does Krishna say in Bhagavad Gita? Naham prakasha sarvasya yoga maya samavrita. I don't show myself to everyone. Everything depends on how you behave, and that determines what I reveal. This is what Krishna is saying. It's amazing how... We're so attached to our senses that we don't understand. Our senses only work after they're activated by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this is what our text today is teaching us. My dear Lord, it is after you endeavor that Lord Brahma, Indra, and the other directors of the cosmic manifestation become occupied with their activities. 
It's after you perceive the material energy, my Lord, that the senses begin to perceive. So how often do you think about this? That we are secondary always. We're riding in the back seat of the car, so to speak. Someone else is the driver, the ultimate cause. First, Krishna has to see. First, Krishna has to set things in motion in his various expansions as Purusha avatars. And bear in mind that Chitraketu is having the darshan of Lord Anantadev, who is a plenary expansion of an expansion. So he's explaining that how can anyone see this world as separate from the Supreme Personality Godhead when your very act of seeing can only function after first the Supreme Lord has seen. So we're always in the back seat, so to speak. We're always secondary. But there's something about the way the illusory energy surges through us that makes us feel primary, right? <laughs> I'm the one with my mind and senses. I'm the one. <laughs> and especially, it's hard for us to understand that we can never be direct enjoyers. That's a hard lesson, it seems, to learn. And don't expect the material energy to teach you it. <laughs> the job of Maya is to cover you, to bewilder you. It's a magic show. <laughs> If you've ever gone to a magic show, and even though you know you're just seeing the magician do magic, you can't figure out how the magician's doing it. You try and try and try. <laughs> Unless the magician explains it to you, you, if it's a very good magician, you can't figure it out. He does something, and then, well, how did he do that? <laughs> he knows. And if he explains to you, you can understand. But otherwise, no. I have one godbrother, <laughs> Piari Mohan, who, as a householder, to support his household, because he's always preaching and taking care of a, a temple. And so he would support himself by being a magician. <laughs> going to homes for elderly people, uh, and putting on a magic show. <laughs> so I had him accompany me to visit one of my elderly relatives in the USA. And, and yeah, he put on a magic show for them. And they were, well, how did you wait a minute now? In fact, uh, one of the sons of these elderly relatives was an engineer, and engineers think they can figure out anything. <laughs> you know, the IT engineers, we, we can understand. Wait a minute now, we're not fooled. So the engineer was especially perplexed. Now, wait a minute, I even said, I'm an engineer now. Uh, I, I can see what's going on here. Uh, I may not know it now, but I can figure it out. So the magician said, 
Okay, figure it out. What happened? Uh, I don't know, but just give me time. <laughs> so this is how Maya works. You can't understand it unless it's explained by Krishna. But we have this confidence, right? I'm not a dummy. I've got world experience. I've got life experience. I've got workplace experience. I, I, I can handle the material world. <laughs> I've seen how my parents have lived life. I've seen how my grandparents have lived life. I, yeah, I've, I've got a good foundation. I, I, I'm ready for the world. But to find out that we're just naive and bewildered, uh, this is hard to swallow. So this is how bewildering the material energy is. Especially that bewilderment comes in the form of our thinking. We are direct enjoyers. It seems so natural, doesn't it? I want to be happy. I want to enjoy. I just reach out with my senses. And there it is. It seems so natural. <laughs> but by hearing the Bhagavatam, you become suspicious of all this so-called organic material enjoyment. <laughs> How is it that real enjoyment comes simply by satisfying Krishna? This seems to be very perplexing because it seems so counterintuitive. Empowered by the material energy, countless lifetimes of our interacting with the material energy and being bewildered, we think, for my fulfillment, for my happiness, I just do this, I just do that, it's so obvious, and then I'm happy. One, two, three, <laughs> A, B, C. <laughs> Dare that we think we're dealing with a massive illusion. So we find it challenging. And this is the core of our problem with lethargy and mm, stubbornness in bhakti. Can it really be that I'll be happy simply by making Krishna happy? <laughs> Therefore, we resort to the simple and striking example that Prabhupada would give. The hand cannot in, become nourished on its own. It has to bring the food to the mouth, and then the whole body is energized, including the hand. <laughs> I remember seeing Srila Prabhupada at Rathiatra in San Francisco, 1977. He was on a big stage, and there were hundreds upon hundreds of devotees there gathered in the park. And he was speaking and giving that same simple example that I had heard so many times. The hand brings the food to the mouth. The food goes into the stomach. The whole body becomes energized. And suddenly I caught it. 
the impact of those apparently simple words, the deep impact finally hit me. Sometimes Prabhupada could be very provocative just to get you to think. He would give that example. You, the hand brings the food to the mouth. The mouth is the authorized place to receive the food for the whole body energy, becoming energized. Do you, does the hand put the food here? Does it put it there? <laughs> We're so dull. He has to wake us up, you know. <laughs> Understanding that Krishna is the direct enjoyment and that we are indirect enjoyers seems like it takes a lifetime, doesn't it? Because we have this urge in us that's so strong for direct enjoyment. That means we want to be God. <laughs> to face up to that criminal mentality <sighs> takes some courage. But the courage comes from practicing the bhakti system. You can finally get a grip on yourself. What am I doing in this world? I'm trying to be the primary, the direct enjoyer, which is constitutionally impossible. It's impossible for the hand to pick up a samosa, squeeze the samosa in the palm and become nourished. Impossible, but it looks possible by the mercy of Maya. So this is why Chitraketu is explaining. First, the Supreme Personality of Godhead acts. First, the Supreme Personality of Godhead perceives. And then everyone else follows. So now Shukadeva Goswami is going to reveal how Lord Anantadev is very pleased with Chitraketu's prayers. Chitraketu, remember, by the process that Narada Muni gave, the mantra that Narada Muni gave, after one week, he was able to see the Supreme Personality got it. But even before that, he, was, he became Vidyadarapati, the master of the Vidyadaras, a side material benediction. The Vidyadaras can appear and disappear at will. So Chitraketu became their chief. And so now Anantadev is going to speak and explain that yes, confirmation, as a result of your having accepted the instructions spoken about me, by the great sages Narada and Yangira, you have become completely aware of transcendental knowledge. Because you are now educated in the spiritual science, you have seen me face to face. Therefore, you are now completely perfect. So this shows you that the education the Bhagavatam is giving you immediately, if received properly, leads to transformation, gradually. Immediately, though, you're situated on the road to transformation. So this idea that there's learning as separate from experience 
is not what the Bhagavatam is talking about. That's why in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, the fire of transcendental knowledge burns. That's not theoretical. And when you are situated in the boat of transcendental knowledge, you can cross over the ocean of material suffering. This is all dynamic, activist, not just armchair theory, theorization. So the actual impact of a bhakti education is transformation. In other words, unless there's transformation, we haven't really heard. We haven't really been educated. So this Kali Yuga conception that, well, I've studied, I've, I've heard, but it doesn't show in my actions. That, no, we don't accept that. If you've actually heard, if you've actually been educated, we see the result in your life. We see the transformation. So Ananta Dave, the Supreme Personality Godhead, is pointing this out. You've, in, you've accepted the instructions. You've become completely aware of transcendental knowledge. You're educated in the spiritual science. You now see me face to face. So this is how bhakti can change the world. By producing transformation through education. And the education is always part and parcel with transformation. The proof that we're actually educated is in terms of the transformation of our lifestyle. Transformation of our perception. And so, just like Chitraketu is expressing gratitude to Narada Muni, Angira Rishi, similarly, the Supreme Personality of God is expressing gratitude to Chitraketu. You followed the process, you're completely purified. So, this is Bhagavatam, expressions of gratitude all around, from the devotees to the devotees even from the Supreme Personality of Godhead to the devotee. So we can think how we can increase our gratitude expression. And that will inspire others and we'll be also more inspired. Become expert in seeing all the abilities of devotees, so variegated and encourage them in their variegated talents, their variegated services. And you'll be inspired also. <laughs> in this way, you experience fun in bhakti. Devotee appreciation is the greatest sport. And don't forget, your own family members are devotees, so don't forget to appreciate them. <laughs> Not that the appreciation is only when you come to the temple. No, the appreciation begins at home. If you have a bhakti household, be very thankful. <laughs> so in this way, our spiritual life becomes 
joyful and others become attracted. And ultimately, it is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Not ultimately, but Im even immediately. He's pleased by the appreciation of his devotees. And he himself wants to appreciate his devotees. All right, any questions? Yes. <coughs> Maharaj. Maharaj, what else can I say, but uh, very grateful to be here and listening to such a wonderful class. Um, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna that from whatever and wherever the mind wanders due to its flickering and unsteady nature, we bring it back, we, you have to bring it back under the control of the self. And, and, and uh, Bhaktivinoda calls prayers to Gopinath, he says, My dear Lord, I, I cannot control my mind and senses, uh, but you are Harishikesh, the Lord of the senses. You please control my senses and pull me out of this world of dangers. So some, again, it appears in, to the mind that's an apparent contradiction. It's a two-way street. <laughs> we're tiny and we're dealing with the magic show. And as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Daivi Esha Gunamai Mamamaya Duraya Mamevaya Prapajante Mayam Etam Tarantite. Krishna has to explain the magic show to you and give you his mercy that you won't become bewildered. Uh, you're a father. Have you ever, when you had little kids, they, they were interacting in some way? with the material world and they couldn't see what's really going on. And you tried to explain to them, this is what's happening, but they couldn't see it. <laughs> so unless we're receiving Krishna's mercy through parampara, it's practically impossible to see how the illusory energy bewilders us even when we think we understand it. It's amazing, isn't it? I know, I've seen this before. <laughs> and then still the material energy gets in your face and dazzles you. <laughs> and it, what, here's how it works. Here's how the illusory energy works. This will satisfy you. This will make you feel fulfilled. And then you think, wait a minute, I've seen this movie so many times. I've been through this, but still, the illusory energy makes it look fresh. The same old stale stuff makes it, the illusory energy makes it look so fresh to us. It's going to be different this time. It's going to have zing to it. <laughs> this will be special Maya. Okay, you're a devotee. You know it's Maya, but it's going to be special Maya. <laughs> we have to educate ourselves in such a way that there's transformation so that we don't become a victim. I love that expression by Prabhupada, victimized by the illusory energy. Who wants to feel like they're a victim? Oh, no. <laughs> but that's what the illusory energy does to us, turns us into victims. Even though we think, I've seen this movie so many times, I know how it's going to end. There's no way out except 
by chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> you have to take Krishna's method for not being bewildered by the magic show. By chanting Hare Krishna, then, and by chanting Hare Krishna, I mean actually taking shelter of the Hare Krishna mantra. Just like a child takes shelter of the mother. I'm chanting not as an exercise like calisthenics, but I'm taking shelter because I'm dealing with an, an illusory energy that's far beyond my capacity to withstand it on my own. So yes, I'm doing my little endeavor coupled with what you, how you say Bhaktivinoda Thakur states. You, Krishna, you please control my senses. But that's you're doing your part when you express a, a plea like that. Anything else? Yes. Krishna Maharaj, uh, you mentioned that learning and transformation happens automatically. If you're actually being educated properly, if you're receiving the education properly, then the result is transformation. And how does it happen receiving properly? Hearing submissively means you've applied it in your life. The jnana and the vijnana are coupled together. What does the Bhagavatam say? Jnana, vijnana, triptatma. Oh, no, this is Bhagavad Gita. Jnana, vijnana, triptatma, kutashto vijatendriya. You can be jatendra, you can be the conqueror of your senses because you have combined both the wisdom with the application of the wisdom. And therefore, the fire of transcendental knowledge burns. But if we don't, in other words, hearing submissively means I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply it. <laughs> Not that in one ear and out the other. Okay, it's a religious belief. I accept the religious belief. But how I live my life, that's something else. That's not submissive hearing. Yeah. You always say that. <laughs> we see in this chapter, Chitraketu Maharaj is offering prayers to Lord Sankarshan. Um, and we also see like some chanting is also like one of the prayers. So sometimes when we stand in front of the Lord, sometimes chant the ma, ma mantra and sometimes we offer prayers. So which one makes him, makes him more pleased? Chanting prayers or like chanting? Chanting is also a prayer. You're praying to Krishna, you're praying to Srimati Radharani, who is Krishna's devotional potency. Please engage me in your service. That's a prayer. So therefore, as I said, when you are unsure what to do, chant Hare Krishna. And when you're sure what to do, chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> Can't go wrong, okay? Anytime, any place. <laughs> you can chant Hare Krishna in the shower. 
It's not that, oh, this is not a good place for chanting. Anywhere, anytime. Okay? Remember that. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare 